Thanks, worship team. Uh, please turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. As we look at this passage, I want to remind you that uh, Jesus is speaking to a group and he's telling them something different. And this morning, as we come to a passage, we're going to talk about prayer. In your mind, you probably go, oh, I know what prayer is. Uh, I, I know what it looks like. I know how to do that. Um, in fact, I think that everybody knows to some degree what prayer is. Uh, you might have seen up on the Awana video, uh, there were a couple of sections where little kids were praying. And do you know how, to, how little kids learn how to pray? You know how they learn how to pray? Uh, they just see other people do it. And they just model. And sometimes, uh, I don't know if you've been in our uh, Sunday school rooms and you've heard some of our little kids pray. It's great. Uh, sometimes it's not so great. Uh, sometimes it's great, it's sweet, and they're pouring out their heart before the Lord. Other times it's not so great because what they're doing is they're just blabbing out words uh, that they heard adults say that adults may not know what they mean, uh, and they don't know what they mean either, and it just kind of sounds like they're doing what they've seen other people do. And this morning, as we go to talk about prayer I want to encourage you to have a moldable heart before the Lord. As Jesus was sharing uh, this with this group of people, um, I guess we assume, uh, it doesn't say who was in attendance, but we assume there was a group of people, but there were probably the religious leaders there as well. And my assumption, I don't know this, maybe you just be quiet and just keep moving if you don't know what you're talking about, Pastor. But uh, I assume they weren't in the first or second row with their Bibles, op- their Old Testament open going, oh, I just want to hear what this man has to say. I'm going to take copious notes. Uh, I think they were probably standing in the back, folded arms, mumbling and grumbling. And so as you think about this setting, the Savior stood before uh, this group of people and he was sharing with them about prayer. And undoubtedly, they said, oh, yeah, I know about prayer. And maybe that's where we're at this morning as we come to the issues of prayer and Jesus teaching. If you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you a section of chapter six, starting at verse one. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Skipping down to verse 5. And when you pray, uh, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door. And pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. God, as we come to this passage, uh, there's great danger for us to think we know it all. Um, that we've got it under control, that we don't need to listen. It's also great danger to think that this message is for somebody else. God, there's great dangers, danger for people like me to think this is a, a message for the congregation and not for the pastor. God, I ask that you would work in us now. Um, I ask that your Holy Spirit that inspired this passage would be one to work in us and to to reform us. God, you know where we are wrong. You know where we struggle. You know where we need to be cleansed. Um, So we ask that you would work in us. Thank you for this time. Thank you for your church. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. As we go through this passage, I, I want to remind you, I read verse 1 of chapter 6. And verse 1 talks about how people view you. And he warns them, he says, beware of practicing your righteousness before men. Be, beware of living for other people. Beware of putting on a show. Um, and as he stated that general principle, he goes right into generosity of giving. And then... This week, we look at the issue of prayer, and we're going to go uh, two, three, four, five, something like that on this section on prayer as we talk about what it is to pray. And I hope that as we go through this, it will encourage us to pray and that we would greater understand the purpose of it and how God wants us to communicate with Him. In this passage, he talks a little bit about praying the wrong way and praying the right way. And there are really two sections of each. Uh, We start at verse 5. It says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. We've already seen that word hypocrites. We looked at it last week. Uh, There were hypocrites in giving. They were tooting their own horn uh, so that everyone would see them. And then they would give their gift to show how righteous they were and this morning we look at a similar passage he said use that same word the hypocrites the word hypocrite is one that they would have used for acting or actors and actresses how they would uh take a role take a role that they would dress a certain way they would play a part though that wouldn't be them it was all the the makeup the outfit the lights the camera uh, the playing the part, and then when that was done, they would go back to who they were. And what a great word to talk about in the church, right? Hypocrites. Hypocrites. Have you ever heard someone say, you know, I, I, would, I would go to church, but a church is filled with hypocrites. Have you ever heard that before? I have. Um, and, and you know the worst part about that? They're right. They're right. 
the church is filled with hypocrites. And you, you know what's interesting? Um, all of us struggle with being hypocrites. All of us. And, and you're fighting it right now. You're going, well, what? N- not all of us, right? Yes. Yes, you. I'm talking to you. And you're saying, well, you're not really talking. Yeah, I'm talking to you. We struggle with playing a part. We struggle with our appearing to be someone that we are not. We struggle with having people view us in in a way that, that, that shows how great we are. When in reality, in the privacy of our own heart, is something different. And so when you read that word hypocrite, oh, the Lord wrote about me. He's talking about me. When I look at this passage that we're looking at this morning, um, really the the person that struggles with this most is is me, the pastor. I, I pray more in public than probably any anyone here. I stand up in front of people longer periods of time than probably probably anyone here. And so this morning, um, I want to include us and acknowledge at the outset that we're who Jesus is talking about, the ones who struggle. He says, don't be like the hypocrites. And you say, okay, I need to stop being that way. I need to stop being that way. Well, what is it? How do hypocrites live and act? It says in verse 5, You must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and in the street corners. What he describes is that there are ones that love to pray. They love to pray. Who who will pray for us? And they go, oh, I love to pray. Can I stand? Can I stand? Can I come up front? Can I come up front? It, can I go to the second service? There's a few more, or uh, the first service. Can I be in the first service? Because there's a few more people in the first service. So more people will see me praying. So I, I want as many people. Maybe there's a spot in town that I can go. A street corner where it's really busy. Uh, maybe I'd have to go to another town. Because Tehachapi's not that busy. And, uh, you know, on a Sunday afternoon, I'm wondering where that busy spot would be. Um, where it, I love to stay, and and it's interesting to me. It doesn't say the hypocrites; they stand and pray in the synagogues and the street corners. There's one word added there. It's not added. It's part of the inspiration of God. They love it. They love it. It thrills their heart. If they had a line to stand in for those who would be praying, they'd be standing in it. If they said it costs money, they would say, oh, I'll pay it. Because I love it. I love it. I love to pray in front of people. Some of you are going, Phew. it's not talking about me. In fact, I would die a horrible death just to get out of praying in front of people. I, I would purposely have a heart attack so I wouldn't have to go up and pray because I don't like praying in front of people. I don't like it in small groups or big groups, large groups, standing up, sitting. Like, I, I don't like that attention. 
I want to tell you that the same problem, the same heart is involved in both those people. The one who loves to stand up and the one who, who doesn't want any part of it. It's a self-consciousness. It's saying, I, I'm the one who's in focus here. I'm the one who, who, who's the most important. I, I got to either protect my reputation or boost my reputation. And so this morning, he says, don't be like the hypocrites. Don't be like the ones who are, are working both sides there. Don't, don't try to portray something that we are not. It's interesting, the synagogues and the street corners, it was the same place that they were trumpeting their gifts. They were going out to the streets. They were in the the spiritual center, the hub, if you will, where everyone would see. He says, don't be like them who love to pray and love to be at that, that setting where everyone would see. They love it. As we read that, um, it, it kind of is confusing because you, you would read these words and if you isolated them, it says, love to stand and pray. What's wrong with that? Well, why would someone not love to stand and pray? What's well, the heart in all of it? Why do they love to stand and pray? That they may be seen by others. Seen by others. Their spirituality, their prayers have a purpose. And the purpose is that others would see them and go, huh, spiritual. Boy, they must be godly. They prayed in church. They volunteered to pray at our Bible study. And I'd just add that it probably is the character of their prayers as well. Boy, they use some big words. You know, those are some holy words. There were some V's and some vows in there. You know, boy, they, 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 they prayed a humdinger there. You know, that was impressive. And God says, don't be like them. And th- this, is, this is an interesting, he connects it with these other passages as well. He says, truly I say to you, they have received their reward. They receive their reward. And you say, well, aren't rewards good? Yeah, they are. And what makes one reward more important than the other is the value of it. And so you get the picture here. Of, he says, don't be like the hypocrites. They love to stand and pray in the synagogues, in the streets, street corners, place where people see... And they do it to be seen by others. And they do receive a reward from others. That's the important part. They receive their reward by the view of of people. And the elevating of the opinion of others is their reward. That's what they get. That's all there is. And he goes from praying the wrong way to praying the right way. In verse 6. But when you pray... Go into your room, shut your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. That's different, isn't it? That's different. He says, but when you pray, don't, don't pray like the hypocrites, but when you pray, go into your room. Find a place where no one, and, and have a meeting, have a meeting. 
There's a place, there's an appointment to be made, and it's to be made with your Father. To be made with your Father. Some of you are saying, well, how will people know if I'm spiritual and godly and righteous? If nobody sees me praying, how will they know? Well, um, follow that same passage there. He says, go into that secret place, meet with your Father, and then at once again, uh, in that secret place, he says this. Shut the door, pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. It's, it, it puts side by side the rewards. It says, which reward do you want? Do you want the reward of the eyes of people? To be seen by them as spiritual? Or do you want the reward of your heavenly Father? The one who's in charge of the, the whole universe. One who knows the hairs on your head. Knows the details of your life. The, the one who's got power. Unlimited resources. Do you want His reward? He puts us side by side. He says there's a different way to pray. It's a secret way. It's a secret. Uh, uh, that word secret kind of is kind of interesting, isn't it? Oh, I have a secret. I have a secret. I have a secret place. So I'm just supposed to go in a room by myself alone. But the problem with being alone is no one's there. The problem with being alone is you're alone. How do you even do that? And Jesus says, you know, as he's continued to talk about his kingdom being different, he says, it is different. There is someone meeting. You're not alone. It's your father. It's your father. It, it, it's about your relation. I, I want you to get this. It's about your relationship with him. Not your relationship with people who see you. Do you get that? That that's the most important thing is that you, you have a relationship with your father. Jesus is saying this. He is the one that's going to give up his life that he might be the one to bring you into relationship with the Father. And he says, you need to go and be in relationship with the Father. That's the way to pray. It goes back to the negative side, verse 7. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Uh, some of us have been raised in the church. And that's a good thing. And sometimes it's a bad thing. Depends. Depends what we get out of it. Um, I struggle with some of these. When I go over this passage. It kind of makes me cringe inside sometimes. Sometimes in the church that I grew up in, we, we learned portions of Scripture and then we'd recite them as kids. And sometimes even in church, we would stand and we'd say, Our Father, our heaven, hallowed be. And as a kid, you'd sit there and you'd, you'd stand and you'd go, man, this is kind of weird. I'll just jump in. What's that word hallowed mean anyways? It kind of sounds like Halloween. Did it, that's a good day. No, it's a bad, I don't know. 
Like and as a kid, you're you're fumbling through these and you're reciting and you're jumping in and you're mindlessly giving yourself to the things that are going on and you're going, that's kind of weird. But Jesus warns them. He says, don't don't mindlessly recite. The, the word here is the idea of babbling or constant repetition. It's to babble on and to say, I, I just say a lot. And maybe it'll sound good. And maybe somehow prayer, that's what prayer is. You just got to babble a lot. And I prayed for 10 minutes. That's pretty good. It's like a workout, you know, ran for 10 minutes. Tomorrow's 15. I got up to five miles of praying. Whew. I'm going to go the marathon next time. All right. A lot of words, a lot of words. He says, Do, that, that's not how we're to pray. The, the idea of babbling on it, I don't know if you've seen children do this, but they ask for something and, and they get to the end of their request and then they go, oh yeah, what's the magic word? I want this, please, please, pretty please, we sugar on top, you know, and, and the idea of saying please a bunch of times is going to somehow uh, increase the the ability of the request to be granted. And that somehow that we could say it over and over again, or or maybe that it's like a, one of those, you know, secret passageways where you come to the door and it opens up and they say, what's the password? And you say, I don't know, maybe it's Tuesday. Oh, no, wrong word. There's a magic word and I don't know it. Maybe it's Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. No, you know, and there's a sense of like that there's some magic to it. That somehow if in my prayers that I use the magic words, that somehow all the good stuff would come to me. He says, no, that's that's not. In fact, there's a group of people who do things like that. Who, Who are they in this passage? Find it. reason I said find it, I wasn't sure where it was in my Bible either, but I knew it was there. Verse 7. Do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. As the Gentiles do. You know who the Gentiles are? They're the people who don't know God. They don't have a relationship with the Father. And so if you don't have a relationship with the Father, you're, you're left to tricks and magic and uh, blabbing and hoping you're going to get it right because you have no relationship and you're wanting somehow that, that stuff would be done for you and that's what prayer is all about. So that's the way the Gentiles pray. He says, you don't want to be that those ones with a lot of words and you're just blabbing on and you're saying the same words over and over again. and You, you don't want to be like that. Why? Because that's the way the Gentiles are. As you look at this, um, it's not in babbling words or repeating magical phrases. But in in verse 8, it says, do not be like them. And it gives us one key thought to uh, mark our prayers. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. You ever thought about that? It's important in our prayers. It's important for us to remember as we pray that our Father knows everything. He knows everything. 
And you say, well, why does that matter? Um, it matters because some of us think we have to inform him of everything. God, I know you don't know this, but I'm in a bind here. I'm in a bind here. God, um, I, I have something going on on Tuesday. You probably thought it was Wednesday. You probably thought it was Wednesday, but it's Tuesday. So mark your calendar, God. It's about going to be about 10 o'clock. Don't, don't be sleeping. Uh, and you probably don't know what I need, so I'll tell you. I need peace. I need money. I'm scared. I need courage. What does it say? It says that he knows what we need. He knows us. You know what that means? Relationship. Relationship. Father knows his children. He knows them. He knows what's best for them. He loves them. He loves them. He's in relationship with them. It's a father-child relationship. He loves you. And so as you communicate with him, it's not to inform him. It's not that you shouldn't put details in. Go ahead. But don't think you're smarter than God and ordering him around. It's not placing your order uh, out, you know, you're going into town and they're making a burger for you and you go, I really don't like mayonnaise. I do like bacon, though. Extra bacon, please. Don't mess it up, okay? It's important to me. My burgers are important to me. That's not what prayer is. It's relationship. And he calls the wrong way is the one that says, I'm going to talk a lot. I'm going to babble on. I'm going to try to repeat phrases. But the right way is knowing that he knows us and he knows what we need before we ask him. This morning, I want to tie up our time with seven things that we learn uh, from our, this passage on prayer. I won't go into a long, but, but I think it's important that we stop and we meditate and we consider what prayer is in the eyes of God. Um, this whole passage uh, is a call for us to pray. That's the first thing I want to tell you. It's a call for us to pray. Uh, to call on the name of the Lord, to, to, to communicate with the Father. It, it should be something that we are doing all the time. It, it, it's not, as with generosity, he says, as you give to the poor, as you give, as your givers, do it with this attitude. Don't stop giving. And in the same way, he calls us to pray. As you pray, just do it a different way. That, that He calls us to pray. Um, we need to be a church of prayer. Uh, what should we be praying about? Everything. Everything. God wants to be intimately involved in everything that you do. He, he doesn't want you to circle Him and say, "Put him, you can handle these issues. I'll take care of the rest, okay? He does not. That, that's not the kind of relationship that the father has with his children. It's a call for us to pray. Number two, um, it's important for us to remember that it's amazing that God wants us to pray. It's amazing. And I say amazing because I, I didn't want to use the word awesome because, and I couldn't think of bigger words. Okay. Um, have you ever been in a situation? Where you're talking to someone 
and you realize that they don't want to listen. You're saying something and, and they look disinterested. They, you know, what time is it? Okay, we got to get moved. I got to, I really got to go. I got important things to do. And it's not you. Okay. Uh, yeah, you felt that personally, haven't you? That people don't have time for you. Um, there are people in my life that I really think are great. I really, I, I, I love being with them and I love hearing from them and talking to them. And I, and, but they can only take me in small quantities. You know what I mean? There's a time where I've out, outlasted them and they're like, ah, gotta go, gotta go. Think about this. Think about this. The God of the universe wants you, you to talk to him. Isn't that amazing? You're not that interesting. I'm not that fascinating. I, I don't have these brilliant thoughts that God's sitting on the edge of his seat going, wow, I never knew that. But, but at, he wants me to talk to him. Isn't that amazing that he has time for us? Isn't that... Uh, there's so many places where you say, yeah, I need an appointment. And they say, yeah, we got one for you. It's in six months. We don't have time for you. And God says, I want you to pray to me. I want you to talk to me and I want to listen to you. That should blow our minds. That, that should set us aside and go, whoa, I can't believe that he cares about me. And he does. The, the third point I have just is put, and this is kind of the corresponding uh, one. It, it's repulsive to me. It, it's repulsive to me as I thought this week that this is what we do with prayer. Uh, did it strike you? Jesus says, I want to talk about prayer. And what's the first thing he says? There are some who pray to look good. That's repulsive that the God of the universe wants us to have an intimate relationship with him. And we take the very avenue that he's given us and we say, I want to gain points with people by the way we pray. It's amazing that he would listen to us, but it's repulsive what we do with that how we use it as something that would boost our own credibility and ego. I want to just say many of us have had horrible models. We've been around people that they've prayed and, and they've thought well of themselves as they got done. They're patting themselves on the back and we're going, boy, we need to pray like them. Forgive me, please, if I've been that model for you. I've tried to impress you with my fine words, big thoughts. And you say, well, I, I need to do that too. It's repulsive that we would use prayer as anything other than us communicating with our Heavenly Father and that we would not be thrilled that He would listen to us. Number four, that we would have 
secret, quiet, a secret, quiet, powerful relationship with God. I think about, I put the word quiet in there because the person who prays in the synagogue and in the street corner is not quiet. He's not quiet. He's concerned about the way he looks and is seen. Not that he has this quiet, sweet, powerful relationship with his heavenly father. You might ask the question, well, how how will I know? If someone has one of that, you will know. You will know. A secret, quiet, powerful relationship with God. In fact, your secret time will dictate your public time. Right? That the powerful time is what you do in private. What you do... There's a danger for us to look at this passage and say, well, I'm never praying in public. Uh there's other times where they do pray in public. Well, what is that? Well, that's an outgrowth of a relationship with God. So often we get it the other way around. We think the great things that we do are up on stage and the insignificant ones are the things that we do at home, in our room, by ourselves, alone with God. That we should have that quiet, powerful relationship with him in the secret places. Number five. I just want to uh, highlight once again. Who prays the wrong way? The Gentiles. Why do they pray the wrong way? Because they don't have a relationship with God. This morning. What I want to tell you this morning is this. This is. I should have talked about this a little bit earlier. Um, as you consider your own prayer life. And what it is and isn't. This morning, make sure that you have a relationship with God. Not not a relationship. I, I have a relationship with my mom who has a relationship with God. Not, not a relationship like, you know, I, I go to a church where there's somebody that must have a relationship with God. So I have a relationship with a church that has a relationship with God. He doesn't want us to get in the way of relationship with one another He wants a direct relationship with you. And the reason the Gentiles pray wrongly is because they don't know Him. They don't have a relationship with their Father. So make sure um, that you don't use tricks and formulas and magic, but you trust in the relationship that you have with God. Number six, I just want to tell you your Father knows. Your Father knows. This is so great. This is so great that that we can come to him fumbling and and don't have the right words, repeating ourselves because we lose track of our thoughts in our own mind, not because we're trying to sound spiritual, but because we just can't remember what we said. Any of you can relate? Yeah, you, you just go, I'm a mess. And I, I don't know if I talk to you about this, Lord, but I, it's still in my heart. I'm still worried about it. And I bring this to you. And what does it tell us? Our Father knows. That should be such a comforting thought to us. It is, and what does He know? He knows the situation and He knows us. He knows us and He knows what's best for us. He knows what we need. 
And so as we come to him as a father, we, we can cry out to him and he we can trust that he as he hears from us, as we relate to him, that he loves and he cares for us and that he will be the one to do its best. Our father knows. And lastly, I want to tell you this one thing, and it's coming throughout this whole passage and really through the book. Our father is the focus. Our father is the focus. As you pray. So when when you pray wrongly, people are the focus. People are the focus. Your words that you somehow would uh, unlock the magic that would come back to your life. When we pray correctly, as Jesus wants to, as his kingdom works, guess what? Where's the focus? Our father is the focus. That he's the one that we're relating to. He's the one we're praising. He's the one we're requesting of. He's the one that is the focus of prayer. It's not me. It's not the view of people on our lives. It's our father. He's the one who's the focus. This morning, as we have gone over this, I hope that as you consider this, that your heart remains moldable. And as you've gone through this, you say, you know, there's some areas, the things that, that just aren't right in my life. I want to tell you that Jesus is a, a savior, savior of change. He's the one that brings change to our life, the things that we can't do. You say, well, I've been self-conscious my whole life. He's the one that can give you a new identity, a new identity, a place of security. And I'll even say it this way. He's the only one that can give you that. Let's pray and ask that God would cement these things to our heart. God, thank you for this morning. Um, God, we've we've gone over your word. Uh, your son Jesus preached uh, th- these words. And God, um, we struggle, um, me probably most, with the opinion of people that, that we seek to impress or we seek to somehow manipulate you to get what we want. God, I ask that you would teach us to pray. God, I ask that you would help us to find those secret places where we can pray and seek you, seek your face. And God, thank you for your word guiding and directing us. I pray that your word would do your work in us through your Holy Spirit now. We thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for being here today. You are dismissed.